Welcome everyone to the outro episode of Ghost Party Radio, an in-depth and very serious exploration into the world of genre film, hosted by two small-time cowards. I'm Adam Wagner. Allow me to introduce my co-host, the male bride. It's Trevor Dillon. So you're calling me the male version of the bride character from yeah. Kill Bill, a revenge film that we did not talk about on this podcast. That's right. Adam, we did it. We trekked all the way through nine episodes, an intro episode, and then eight regular episodes. How are you feeling looking back on all of this revenge? Boy, are my arms tired. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I loved kind of immersing my mind into it. There was a good, uh, I kind of watched these over the course of my maybe like two or three weeks, and it was nice just to be saturated in the idea of revenge for a while. It even got me thinking I wrote my own revenge short film. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Tell, tell me, tell me, tell the listeners more about this short film. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like uh, I'm gonna try to make it in five minutes. It's uh, I basically wanted to hit the idea of getting revenge deflated, if you know what I mean. I wanted someone to get like hyped up and get into the revenge, and then get it the rug pulled out from under them at the very end. Um, yeah, hey, listen, we, we love subversion in a film. So uh, did you say you were trying to make this in five minutes or you're trying to make it so it's five minutes long? Make it so it's like five minutes. Yeah, real quick guy. I, I love we love a short short on this on this podcast. Uh, I have made two short films myself and they are definitely not short. I think they're like 17 minutes, and like 15 minutes. They're just way too long. Still pretty good. Enjoyable, though. You don't feel that length. Yeah, they're kind of um, slow burns, both of them kind of ending in what we were just talking about, some subversion. But uh, good luck to you. Or uh, when, when are you trying to shoot this bad boy? Thank you. Uh, that's the question, man. I don't know. Maybe at the end of the year. I mean, it's that the other question is, like, when can we shoot movies? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, it's, it's just not the time right now. Yeah, and I feel kind of bad. Kevin Cookman had a pretty good take, I think, that he was saying that uh, Hollywood's going to kind of have a reckoning after this for still keeping production up and i think i think that's a good point to make you know we're putting a lot of people in danger by doing that and i don't understand the point of it and and, and no these movies are not being released in movie theaters anymore so it's like we're just making more movies to kind of backlog movies that are already coming out it just doesn't quite really add up to me but anyway yeah um this is not what this show is about <laughs> uh yeah actually you know what i've been watching a lot of uh mexican television because i'm here with my abuela um, and in one of the shows, it's a comedy show, you know, it's like a pretty low budget comedy show, but I think it's pretty popular. And a lot of the actors have masks in the show while they're recording these scenes. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that on some like network, uh, dramedies and stuff like this is us. Apparently now they're starting to like have masks and stuff and like be in the pandemic. And it, mm -hmm. it's so weird because we turned to entertainment uh whether it's heavy entertainment or not to like get away from a pandemic so, like what in the world are they thinking being like let's bring the pandemic to the you know to the masses on an even um escapism level well like why why what <laughs> goes through their head to think that right absolutely although i am you know as, as we get out and uh out of this slowly you know over the course of this year I am definitely going to be excited to watch the last season of Better Call Saul, which I know they're filming right now. Yeah, and I actually I saw Bob Odenkirk is in some like Taken. Um, what are some? Oh yeah, John Wick type movie coming out. Have you seen the trailer for this? Yeah. It's called Nobody. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird trope to just have like 
older actors who are like not seen as badass like all of a sudden just become like i wonder where where does the buck stop you know what i mean like is bob odenkirk gonna be the last one i highly highly doubt it mm-hmm. and we, we get some reverse of that too by getting a comedians playing pretty dramatic roles although i think we've been getting that with like jim carrey right yeah, and, and nobody is a revenge movie, uh, which is what this series oh. was about. Um, but to get back to that, looking back at the trail of blood uh, in, in this revenge series that we've done, uh, what did you think overall of this batch of films? It's a pretty hot batch, you know. I, you said in the uh, in the Crow episode we have not seen a bad movie, and I think that holds up. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of of our lineup here. I would definitely go to a theater and watch an all nighter of all these movies. Yeah, I think that we have, I mean, we're in for, like you said, a reckoning uh, eventually down the road when we do some other genres where we have guests bring in movies that are not nearly as good as the ones we just watched. But looking at all eight of them on paper right now, uh, very, very strong. Even the two we picked, uh, you know, we really enjoyed. Got to rewatch some movies I've been wanting to rewatch for a while and got Mm -hmm. to see some new stuff. Uh, Very happy about it. Um, In the meantime, while we've been recording this and even after we've done our Promising Young Woman episode, uh, Emerald Fennel and Kerry Mulligan are cleaning up on the awards circuit. Like, this is a great year for a weird little movie like Promising Young Woman to come through and just pick up a ton of nominations. It got uh, a bunch of the Indie Spirit Awards, a bunch of the Golden Globes. Um, it got some SAG Award nominations and then some Critic Choice nominations. Um, I know it was a movie that we had seen. We kind of, li- we definitely sort of liked it. We had some mixed feelings on it, as mm-hmm. anyone who watches it should have. Uh, but how do you feel removed from it now when I was picking up all these awards? Are you, are you going to be rooting for Promising Young Woman this award season? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, despite the fact that the uh, our episode of that hasn't aired yet, uh, I can't help but feel responsible somewhat for those nominations and getting the word out there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, the, even though this series has not dropped and no one has heard that episode, like you said, uh, I myself also feel very, very responsible for that. And I think we it, uh, it got the Ghost Party Radio push. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I'm I'm very happy and excited about that. I think uh, if this inspires more movies like it, also you know, or just allows more movies like it to be made, then that's awesome. As, you know, the Joker swept it up last time, so this is a nice. Uh, <laughs> A nice sucker punch to that whole idea. Yeah, I thought that after that twisted that twisted young man, the Joker, rolled through, that they wouldn't even have award seasons anymore. <laughs> I think this is a record. Uh, I, I, the more than one uh, nomination for a woman director in that category, right? Because it's not just Emerald who got nominated. Yeah, I believe it was Co- Chloe Zhao. I know Regina King is picking up a bunch of nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, dang, I, um, I, I know I'm missing one. I, I that 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 batch of nominations was incredible. We had yeah. Lee Isaac Chung for um, Minari, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that the director category, which I'll Google it right now on on Mike, but um, Independent Spirit Awards, um, director nominations. This is when I saw it. It was my favorite batch, like my favorite category. I think I've ever seen. It was amazing. Oh, people are going to kill me. People are going to kill me. This is what it is. Chloe Zhao for, uh, no bad land. Emerald Fennel for promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. We, we named all of those, but then Eliza Hitman for never rarely, sometimes always a film that I really liked and is easily going to be in my top 10 of the year. Um, we'll, we'll get to that of course, when we do our best of 2020 episode, but mm-hmm. And then, uh, do you can you guess what the last one is? Uh, that that's four. There's one more, and it was a film that came out in the very beginning of 2020. Um, it, it, it quote unquote came out. It had a very limited release. 
uh, a auteur American. I call this director uh, American auteur blankety blankety. Uh, and she has been making movies for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Dang it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be the fantastic. Didn't you go to the Arrow and see this movie? Yeah, and the movie that I saw there was uh, the insatiable <laughs> uh, first cow directed by Kelly cow. Reichardt. That's right. I haven't seen that movie. So the fifth nominee is Kelly Reichardt, who um, nice. it, I, I love that. So Chloe Zhao, mm-hmm. Kelly Reichardt, Eliza Hittman, Emerald Fennel, Liza Chung. It really feels like a a changing of the tides for sure in the indie um, film world. I know Chloe Zhao's going on to do much bigger and better things. Eliza Hittman's hopefully going to get a lot of work. Emerald Fennel's like the hottest new director in Hollywood. So uh, well-deserved. I absolutely love the Independent Spirit Awards. And on top of that, I saw that my my favorite comedian, Melissa Villasenor from SNL, super talented. She's going to host the Independent Spirit Awards this year. So I'm really, really excited to watch. Nice. Yeah, I, I love this too. You know, it'll be funny. I don't know if this is a possibility. It's obviously these these wonderful directors are going to keep getting funding, but it'd be cool to see them progressively get more funding and like have them take over blockbusters. You know? Yeah, and you're going to see that with Chloe Zhao. I believe she uh, is directing a Marvel movie. Then they, I think she just attached herself to uh, a big Universal sci-fi movie, some sort of like Dracula-inspired sci-fi movie. So um, she makes a couple of those. We're going to see Chloe Zhao indie movies for the rest of our lives, hopefully. Mm-hmm. That sounds good to me. But, Adam, the Independent Spirit Awards, the Golden Globes, SAG, Critics' Choice, these are all great award shows, but the people are here to hear a better award show. That's right. Will you tell them about the Ghosties? The Ghosties, perhaps uh, the most in-depth and serious genre film award show in the whole dang world. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Great delivery. I know the listeners out here, they wait every year for this, starting this year. And here we go. We got them. We're going to award our wonderful films that we watched within the category of revenge. Twelve categories. We're going to list them off as they go. This is how we're going to do it in every outro episode. This is what the people are here for. Adam. Mm Mm-hmm. Why don't you give away your award first, just like the Supporting Actor Oscar? Wow, thank you. Um, Yeah, so the Adam Wagner Award for Biggest Hoodwink in one of the eight films that we watched. Wow, Biggest Hoodwink. I love this to kick off the show. Uh, And just to let the people know, is Biggest Hoodwink going to be the award you give out every time we do an episode on uh, for the awards or is it going to be this just just specific to revenge i'm glad you asked trevor uh it is only going to be specific to revenge i came up with this a couple nights ago so we'll see what happens in the next genre okay uh i am looking at the envelope right now i am going to pass it over to you let me reach there we go thank you the best hoodwink goes to the sniper switcheroo from Point Blank. So, we all remember that iconic scene in Point Blank when our main man, Johnny Utah, is about to be <laughs> set up in the L.A. River. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's we, the best scene of the movie. Yeah, we cut, we see the sniper watching him. We cut back. Utah knows exactly what's going on. He pulls a hoodwink out of the hoodwink. He throws the other guy down there. That guy gets shot. Other guy gets shot. Sniper guy goes home. 
I love that. Yeah, moment. it's a great it's a great hoodwink and it's a great great start to the show for sure. Uh, people who watched the Point Blank movie and listened to our episode are gonna really really appreciate that. Uh, we love a, a scene on the L.A. River, man. It, you don't you haven't made a movie unless there's a scene on the L.A. River. That's right. Sorry, Bong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my that was the one thing that I that was why I didn't nominate uh, Parasite for one of my favorite <laughs> movies last year. That's right. Um, Trevor, you got a runner up for my category. Yeah, so the runner-up for uh, – so the, the way this works is that Adam obviously picks um, the winner of this category, and I had a runner-up. Yeah, so my honorable mention uh, is going to reveal something that the listener might not know, and that's um, the ghosties, even within their own genre. This is the revenge ghosties, are not limited to uh, just the films that we watched. Uh, every film ever made is available to win a ghostie, and I think that the honorable mention for best hoodwink or biggest hoodwink should go to – the arrival of a train at a station from the early 1900s. Uh, Adam, are you familiar with this masterpiece? Yeah, it's a horror film. Yes, uh, the scariest film ever made. Biggest hoodwink, in my opinion, is showing this train coming into this station and scaring everybody out of the theater. Everybody ran out crying for their mamas, uh, and it was a hoodwink. It was just a movie. It wasn't an actual train coming at the screen. So I'm going to call that the biggest hoodwink. Nice. I think uh, we can get in touch with the Lumiere bros to see if they can accept the award. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Adam, go ahead and uh, accept the award on the behalf of Johnny Utah from Point Blank. Hey, listeners, Justin Moore here. I was just informed that I won a Silver Ghostie Award for the best hoodwink scene in the film Point Blank. I guess I'm honored and humbled. Uh, that's my favorite scene in the movie, so I'm, I'm glad I got the recognition it deserved shout out to lee marvin for just being dope and that sniper rifle guy who i, I don't know the name of and uh special shout out to his really cool blanket all right and that go. was johnny utah from point blank yeah uh thank you adam that was a great way to kick <laughs> off um our inaugural ghosties for the revenge of course we'll call, we'll call them the revenge ghosties and thank you for setting that wonderful precedent about any movie at all being nominated yeah, any movie can win. It just so happens that a lot of these winners are movies that we did watch in this batch of Revenge movies. Um, so the second award given out is going to be the Trevor Dillon Award for Biggest Hunk. Woo. Yes, um, and I will let everybody know that I will not always be giving out um, this award at the Ghosties. Uh, it'll change up every time. But for this one, we saw a lot of hunks on screen, Adam. Boy, talk about uh, Rain and Men. <laughs> and yeah, Anthony Anthony McElroy will enjoy that. Our big our big musical fan that we had on for the crow episode. That's right. But um, thank you for passing me the envelope. I do have it in my hand there right now. Mm-hmm. And the award for biggest hunk at the Revenge Ghosties goes to Justin Moore on our Point Blank episode. Wow, it's it's a guest wow. that we had on the episode. It's not someone from a movie that we showed. That's amazing. Congratulations, Justin. Wow. Um, Holy cow. I, I I thought there was a lot. We could have gone with Brandon Lee and The Crow. We could have gone with the good-looking guy from uh, I Saw the Devil. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have gone from some of those hillbillies and Blue Ruin. But it looks like um, the biggest hunk is going to go to cinematographer and guest friend of the show, Justin Moore. Holy cow. Wow. And here to accept his award for biggest hunk is Justin Moore. Hello. Justin Moore here again. I was just informed I won a second Silver Ghosty Award for Biggest Hunk from Trevor Dunn, which makes me a little concerned for my personal safety. 
I was looking forward to coming back to the show, but I, I think I might have to take out a restraining order later today, so I don't see that happening. Yeah, best of luck with the show, guys. And great. Wow. Thank you, Justin, for uh, being so gracious and being a great guest on the show. Adam, what would you have for the runner-up for Biggest Hunk? I would put Justin Moore. <laughs> no, I... Actually, uh, my, my runner-up would go to the, uh, you already mentioned him, Lee Byung-hoon, the mm. big hunk from I Saw the Devil. Yeah, distractingly hunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got into that on our episode with Adriana when we talked about I Saw the Devil, which is a great movie. We'll see if I Saw the Devil wins any more awards, but let's keep it moving. Speaking of Adriana, our third of 12 awards is the Adriana Skirto Award for Most H-Word Movie. Mm-hmm. That stands for high fidelity. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Adam, we like to keep it pretty clean cut on this show, mm-hmm. uh, so we don't say the word, and I'll just say it, pandemic. Uh, we say P word, and we don't say the word horny. <laughs> uh, we say H word. So that's what this is. This is the most H word movie award. Thank you for passing me the envelope. We'll get go. right into it. Get your honorable mention award ready, mm-hmm. Adam. I think this may be unanimous, but... The most H-word movie award goes to Park Chan-wook's The Handmaiden. Wonderful, wonderful. And as we clap along, I want to say it is unanimous. Wow, a unanimous win for most H-word movie goes to The Handmaiden. And now, to accept the award for most H-word movie, we have the guest for our Handmaiden episode, Kevin Cookman. Wow, The Handmaiden won the Adriana Skirto Most H-Word Movie Award. Who would have guessed that this tantric, erotic, lesbian con drama would have been H-Word? I wouldn't have guessed it. I went to this film with my grandmother and my mother and my grandfather and my aunt and my my five-year-old cousins. And uh, the moment you get that POV shot, of the vag right as she's about to eat it. That's, um, that was a lot of explaining. Uh, this is an H-word movie. All these revenge movies are kind of H-word movies. Everyone's H-word for violence and retribution and, uh, each other's holes. And, uh, The Handmaiden is, uh, you know, a perfect example of all these. Man, I, I really brought a great film to the podcast. You're welcome, listeners. You're really welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Wow. Words to live by. Ha ha ha. The first award for The Handmaiden, Adam. What do you think? Do you think it might take take home a few more? Uh, I feel it in my bones, Trevor. Well, now let's keep the train going. Uh, let's give out the Michaela Davis Award for Best Use of a Metaphorical Weapon. Uh, I have the envelope here, so I'll go ahead and open it. And the award goes to... The mystic sickness and killing of a sacred deer. Wow, 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 wow. And accepting the award is Ian Hawke. Hello. Um, on behalf of the film, I just want to say uh, thank you to uh, Michaela Davis for this awesome award, uh, to the Silver Ghosties for uh, the recognition in general. Uh, and I think I'll just, uh, in the spirit of the film, leave you with Martin's words. I don't know if what's happening is fair, but uh, it's the closest thing I can think of that's close to justice. Thank you, Ian. I'll remember that always. 
Yeah, Killing of a Sticky Deer is a great pick for the winner. Um, I didn't even think about that. My runner-up was actually um, the scene with Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman where she fakes out a spoiler. Sorry, I'll give you five seconds to skip your thing. Spoilers for Promising Young Woman. Five, four, three, two, one. There's a scene where Carrie Mulligan fake steals Connie Britton's daughter and then uh, plays psychological warfare games with her in her office. I, I got to say, this was probably the closest award because that is a great, great, great use of metaphorical weapons. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michaela Davis made this category for that film to win, but somehow, some way, Yorgos Lanthimos's film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, gets on the board. It's gotten a revenge ghosty. Give it to the Greek, I always say. Very good, very good. Moving on. So we have Point Blank, The Handmaiden, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and Justin Moore, all tied at one uh, <laughs> revenge ghosty apiece. <laughs> so let's see if we can break a tie here. Next, we have the Kevin Cookman Award for Best Diss on an Entire Country, Adam. Mm-hmm. What was your thought process with this one? Um, it was difficult because, you know, I don't want to be racist. So, But I think uh, if if there's any foreshadowing here, you made a pretty good point in one of our earlier episodes, and I kind of stuck with that. This one might be unanimous. Mm-hmm. I do have the envelope in front of me. I am opening it. The award for best diss on an entire country goes to Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. It's unanimous, Trevor. Wow. So this is a great, great diss on an entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, America would be the country we're talking about. We have uh, Joaquin Phoenix, as he often does, playing a rejected um, antisocial character. Mm-hmm. Um, but for reasons we see throughout the film, it's because he was in the military or he was uh, a part of the FBI doing a raid and something. And he's been screwed up as a veteran who hasn't been given the proper health care, mental health care, uh, anything that anybody who's been to war would need. And so he has turned to basically becoming a hitman. The only way he knows how to make money is by killing and maiming people. Um, and we're basically right now taking a stand here at the Ghosties saying that Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here is the best diss on an entire country for how we treat our men and women in uniform. That's right, Trevor. And here to accept the award for You Were Never Really Here is not director Lynn Ramsey, but the guest we had on the episode, Olivia Kreidel. Wow, thank you so much to the Ghost Party Picks Association for this award. It truly means so much. Of course, it cannot be done without the amazing Lynn Ramsey who made this succinct 89-minute film that is so beautiful and well-crafted, and we could have not done it without Joaquin Phoenix's performance. The man is a legend himself. But you know who we really could not do it without is the United States of America. That's fucking right. For your lack of care for your veterans, for your lack of care of the working class, for your lack of care for literally anyone who is not white, we thank you. You served your purpose, and we hope to see some real change soon. Thank you so much for this award, and uh, I'll be partying till the morning. Thanks. Oh, yes, Olivia. That's great. I gotta agree. I gotta agree. And next, we have the Zishan Yunus Award for Best Kill. Zishan, a good friend of the film, great filmmaker. By the way, Adam, have you checked out his film, Prefigured? Boy, we're still going there, huh? Yeah, it's only been about a month since he's been on the show. Have you checked out his, like, 10-minute short film? Since, uh, since I will have by the time this aired, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll see about that. 
shot by Justin Moore, the winner uh, for the Trevor Dillon Award for Biggest Hunk. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he uh, brought in the film Blue Ruin, but will Blue Ruin take home the gold? The sorry, the silver. Actually, our, our our awards are not made out of gold. The ghosties are made out of silver. We cannot afford anything else. Mm-hmm. So, the Zishan Yunus Award for Best Kill goes to. Yeah, awesome. The racist dude being killed at the end of Blue Ruin. Nice, nice. That is almost unanimous, Trevor. Oh. Uh, the runner-up here. I have the machine gun kill at the end of Blue Ruin. Oh, wow. So Blue Ruin did have some really, really, really awesome kills. And that's a really, really good call. Mm-hmm. When that machine gun goes off in that house, it just feels so real and so tangible. What a great, great movie. Yeah, and, and the fact that uh, it's friendly fire makes it extra juicy. Oh, absolutely. I, I have the other one going to, for best kill because it's the most satisfying kill. Mm-hmm. Like when that dude yells, like, we're going, what does he yell? Like, we're going down to Georgia. Yeah, and then he's just, and then it's just like, Macon Blair has like no... There's no other way to take care of that situation and that anger than to just shoot the dude. And it is so, so satisfying. Yeah, in my head, it was between these two, definitely. Awesome. I mean, uh, that's the. T- I mean, check out Blue Ruin if you're into best kills because it was the runner-up and the winner. Here to accept the award for best kill is the titular Zishan Yunos. Hey, Trevor and Adam. This is Zishan Yunus. I'm calling to gratefully accept the Zishan Yunus Award for Best Kill, um, the movie I brought to you all, Blue Ruin, the best kill, when the dude is yelling at the end, he's like, hey, we're coming down to get you, and then Dwight just blasts that guy. So on behalf of myself, I want to thank myself for not only making this category, but also winning it. Um, which is a wonderful expression of nepotism and, and really how I feel everybody gets moving forward in Hollywood. So this is a good sign of the future. I made an award for myself that I'm winning. I will be attending my own red carpet uh, and taking many photos of myself and then selling them to myself, watermarking them myself, um, and then putting them on my own Instagram where I will give myself photo credit and then also tag myself. Um, so, so thank you for this honor. Uh, so thank you to me for giving me this honor. Um, all right. Goodbye. Brutal, 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 <laughs> brutal. Thank you, Zishan. Um, awesome. We, I, we are really appreciative of these, uh, guests who were calling in, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, they must've had a good time on the show, Adam, if they're willing to give us some, some, uh, audio bites. Yeah. I think, uh, probably reflects the listeners out there. Absolutely. Um, Adam, do you want to give away this next one? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> to take your word. Um, here we go. Bringing back the Ian Hawk Award for Cruelest Villain. In the mm. So this is getting a little complicated because these people who set up these awards, a lot of times they're not winning the awards, so we're hearing from them. We've already heard from Ian earlier in the show about the killing of the sacred deer. Mm-hmm. Could Killing of a Sacred Deer be the first film to take home two Revenge Ghosties? It certainly could, Trevor, but uh, let's see what the envelope has to say. And the winner for Cruelest Villain is... Oh, it's an upset. We thought it would be very Keegan. It is Choi Min-sik playing Kyung-chul from I Saw the Devil. Wow, congratulations to the old boy. 
Oh, old boy himself. Oh, Adam, this this is an upset, but when you think about it, what a what a horrifying character. Totally cruel throughout the entire film. Absolutely. That's the key word there, and I think uh, he embodies that pretty pretty heavily. This is now the second win. Wait, no, it's not. No, this is the first win for I Saw the Devil. Wow, this is unprecedented the way that all of these awards are being spread out like this. Adam, what was your runner-up? My runner-up went to Uncle Kozuki uh, ah. from The Handmaiden, who uh, was cruel enough to use an octopus as a weapon. Yes, yes, very good pick. So we had a lot of cruel villains for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we also had the dude from The Crow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just a real bad guy, definitely. <laughs> and here to accept the award... For I Saw the Devil is our guest for that episode, Adriana Skirto. I'm full of so much gratitude now. I do not feel elevated above any of my fellow nominees or anyone else on Letterboxd.com because we share the same love. That's the love of film. And this form of expression has given me the most extraordinary life. I don't know where I'd be without it. But I think the greatest gift that it's given me, and many people in the podcasting industry, is the opportunity to use our voice for the voiceless. I've been thinking about some of the distressing issues that we've been facing collectively. I think at times we feel or are made to feel that we champion different causes. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism or queer rights or indigenous rights or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice. We're talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender, one species has the right to dominate, use, and control another with impunity. I think we've become very disconnected from the natural world. Many of us are guilty of an egocentric worldview, and we believe that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow and steal her baby, even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. Then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. We fear the idea of personal change because we think we need to sacrifice something, to give something up. But human beings at our best are so creative and inventive, and we can create, develop, and implement systems of change that are beneficial to all sentient beings and the environment. I have been a scoundrel all my life. I've been selfish. I've been cruel at times, hard to work with. And I'm so grateful for those of you at Ghost Party Radio who have given me a second chance. I think that's when we're at our best, when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for our past mistakes, but when we help each other grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other to redemption. Thank you, Ghost Party Radio. Thank you, old boy. Hail Satan. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> controversial from Adriana, as always there. Twisted. Uh, very much so. So we do have a win for Point Blank, The Handmaiden, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, You Were Never Really Here, Blue Ruin, and I Saw the Devil. It's anybody's ball game right now. Also, Justin Moore has won, an, <laughs> has won an award. We'll see if he wins another award by the end of the show. But speaking of Justin Moore, we now have come to the Justin Moore Award for Best Match Cut. Adam, what was your thought process on this one? Um... Well, this one's always fun. I love seeing a nice match cut in a movie. There weren't too many, though, to pick from, which made it a bit difficult. Correct. So this was a unanimous one. Adam, do you want to give away the award? Sure. Let me. Uh, it's unanimous, but i got to open the envelope first, Trevor. Go ahead and open it up. And the award goes to what? The moonshot at the end of The Handmaiden. Wow, The Handmaiden just picked up its second award of the night unanimously. Unanimous. It's a beautiful shot. It has everything coming full circle. I think it means a lot. And it's the last shot of the movie. Absolutely. And here again to accept the award for The Handmaiden is our guest from that episode, Kevin Cookman. 
Hi, folks. This is Kevin Cookman here accepting the Justin Moore Award for Best Match Cut, the winner being Final Shot of the Moon in The Handmaiden, which is, is funny because the one thing I didn't like about The Handmaiden on my episode was the ending. But hey, 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 you get to see that that weird uh, sex ball thing. Yeah, it basically just becomes a, a moon, which is good. A good decision, smart decision. Director Park is a goat. Thanks for the award for this movie I did not make. Wow, Kevin. Really enjoying that award. Great to hear. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, go ahead, Adam. Give away the next award. All right. Here we go. Uh, the Olivia Cridal Award for Most Gruesome Injury. Now, we specified that this was not a kill, just an injury. The award goes to... Oh, my God. The arm bite and killing of a sacred deer. Oh, my goodness. The handmaiden and killing of a sacred deer dueling it out. Two revenge ghosties each now. Cleaning it up. What? what wow. Uh, let's hear... Uh, uh, what Ian has to say about this award. Here to accept another award is Ian Hawk. Wow. Um, back again. Uh, I guess I just want to say uh, on behalf of the film again, thank you to Olivia Crindle for this awesome award. Uh, thank you to the Silver Ghosties again. And um, I feel like in the spirit of the film, I'll just ruminate again and, and uh, leave you with uh, Martin's words once again. Uh, I don't know if what's happening is fair, but uh, it's the closest thing I can think of that's close to justice. Absolutely true, Ian. Trevor, what did you have for the runner-up here? Um, that was a great pick. I, I didn't have that one on my radar, uh, although we watched the same movies. But I thought that the group, most gruesome injury was in I saw uh, no, it was in I, The Handmaiden when at the very end the uncle was cutting off the uh, fake count's fingers mm -hmm. at the end. Yes, absolutely uh, brutal, but I love the visceral nature of uh, just biting an arm. Yeah, yeah, it's very good, very DIY. Yeah. So that means that The Killing of a Sacred Deer has two awards, and so does The Handmaiden now as we head into our final three awards. Here we go. Let's see. For our third to last award, we have the Anthony McElroy Award for Cutest Police Officer. Yes, so I, I, I shortened this uh, award from cutest police, uh, cutest, uh, I, I believe you said cutest woman police officer who's only in one scene. Mm -hmm. I have shortened it to the award for cutest police officer. And rightly so. Let's see uh, who ends up coming out on top here. Here, Adam, I got to give you the envelope. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say. And the award goes to... Kim Sykes as Annabella in The Crow. Wow. The award was built for this performance. Absolutely. And it paid off. And how could we not, you know, how could we not give it? She's adorable. Uh, great, great use of that character for that one scene to play off of Ernie Hudson, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I wish I was Ernie Hudson in that scene. Absolutely. Man, what? what? <laughs> you know what? Ernie Hudson should have had a, a shot at winning for be Biggest Hunk. Um, and of course, we know uh, our man from I Saw the Devil could have won for Biggest Hunk. I thought he was going to win here for Cutest Police Officer. That's who I had here for the winner. Interesting. He is certainly cute. But, you know, it is what it is. Here to accept the award for The Crow was our guest from that episode. And the titular name of this award, Anthony McElroy. <laughs> 
Hello. Uh, hello, uh, Ghost Party Radio uh, fans out there. My name is Anthony McRoy. Thank you very much. This means a lot. I will accept the award for cutest cop who's on screen for uh, one scene. Uh, the Anthony McElroy Award for cutest cop who's on screen for one scene. I really like this award, and I really like the scene that it's inspired by. I couldn't have won this award without Jesus, obviously, uh, Michael Jordan, um, and the actress uh, in question, the cutest cop, uh, who I believe is played by Kim Sykes. Uh, she is credited as Annabella in the film. Um, I believe that's that actress, but, uh, there's lots of other names who, uh, don't have pictures, so it's hard to tell on IMDb. Um, so yeah, uh, this goes out to Kim Sykes. Uh, couldn't have done this without you. Stay cute. Um, I hope you found a different profession. I hope you're still acting, but I hope you stopped acting as cops because nothing could top what you did in the crowd. Uh, thank you all. Have a blessed evening. And, uh, yeah, tip your weight down. Thank you. Great stuff, Anthony. Thank you so much. Uh, here we go, Adam. We are now entering the last two awards. Excellent. Um, has every single... Oh, no. Oh, no. I was going to ask if every single movie has won an award, but Promising Young Woman Uh-oh. has not won an award at our award show. <laughs> Uh, the movie that is the most like nominated across the board out of all these movies, but that's the Ghosties, you know. Right, it could still win. It could win these last two awards mm-hmm. and tie with the Killing of a Sacred Deer and the Handmaiden. But so far, that, those two movies are running away with this award show mm-hmm. with two Revenge Ghosties each. This next award is the M Night Shyamalan Award for Best Director. Absolutely. Of course, we could not get M Night Shyamalan himself to come on the show quite yet. One day we will, I'm sure, to give away this award for Best Director. But he is unanimously our favorite director on this show. Adam, what do you like about M.I. Shyamalan? Wow. Where to start? What don't you like? That's right. I think, you know, it's all, it's all there, everything. And the M. Night Shyamalan Award for Best Director goes to... You did it, buddy. Park Chan-wook, The Handmaiden. Director Park. Absolutely. A director who has come up on this show a million times when we've been talking about revenge. Well-deserved. The Handmaiden, such a proverbial banger, and he directs the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Very much award. Sorry. Very much award indeed. Very much award. (laughs) Director Park, thank you for your service. Uh, was it unanimous? It was absolutely unanimous. The movie was so beautifully done. Uh, how could I, how could I really give it to anyone else? I would have been happy. All of these directors did a great job. And here to accept the award, the M Night Shyamalan Award for Best Director, is Kevin Cookman, our guest from The Handmaiden. Take it away, Kevin. Wow, the M Night Shyamalan Award for Best Director goes to Director Park. That's crazy. I can't believe you guys got M Night. Shyamalan to be a guest on this podcast. Congratulations. I'm so glad that he chose this award and named it after himself for the highest degree of, of, of awardship. That's incredible. You know, Director Park hates uh, class inequity and the chasing of, of violence in the capitalist society as much as M. Night Shyamalan hates old people. So that's, that's an equal level of passion right there. Great directors. I think Director Park should have, uh, you know, he should he should have his own After Earth. 
That's right. I, I, he's doing too well. I need to see him stumble. Someone give him an after earth. This is Kevin Cookman, by the way. I'm calling four separate times for these awards, you guys. Are you fucking kidding me? Truer words have never been said. Thank you, Kevin. And Adam, tee him up for our final award of the night. Here we go. The most prestigious award at the Ghosties. The final frame in all of our revenge saga. The the arrival of a train at station award for best picture. Yes, so much like the M. Night Shyamalan Award for Best Director, we named our best picture after not only the scariest, but the best film we've ever seen. The 1895 film, The Arrival of a Train at Station. That's right. It has a letterbox score of 3.6. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's not high enough. <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen that movie, you need to go on YouTube and you need to type in La Revo de Train at La Sayurata. AKA the arrival of a train at a station. Adam, the way that we did this one is that as any listener of this show knows, we put together a arbitrary and Byzantine system to grade all of our revenge movies on. It was five categories of the bonus category. Without looking, what were the categories, Adam? The categories were, uh, number one, how after over is the main character at the beginning of the story? Correct. Category two, uh, how justified uh, are the... uh, actions of the character correct okay number three uh uh what how good is the calm before the storm yep the conversation before the storm the trope where the protagonist has tried to be talked out of in the revenge they want there you go category four uh how solid is the conclusion Uh uh-huh the closure five is coolest weapons Uh uh-huh and what was the bonus category Bonus was uh the uh how cool is the final destination where the the last fight takes place yeah, Final Destination. How, how cool is the final showdown location? There you go. All right. So we watched eight movies, and then we will be going backwards in order, doing our scoring until we get to the number one movie according to our score. So here it goes. At number eight, the lowest scoring film that we watched in this Revenge series with 106 points out of 150. Totally respectable. Mm is the 1967 Lee Marvin-led film Point Blank. That sounds about right. Yeah, I I liked Point Blank. I mean, we can kind of just generally talk about these movies. I liked it. Um, To be honest, it was thrown up against some really, really rough competition. Is 106 going to be the lowest score we ever give on this show? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. I think uh, revisiting it will be pretty exciting. But as far as a, a revenge movie goes, it didn't hit me too hard. Totally. Do you want to take number seven? Yeah, number seven with 118 out of 150 points is 2013's Blue Ruin. Yeah, this is tough. You know, 118 out of 150 in other series might do really well. We really, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but we really liked Blue Ruin. Oh, yeah, I loved it. And this was my first time watching it. And uh, I see myself watching it over and over again. And this was my first hint that maybe our system was flawed, but then I looked at the rest of the movies and it simply can't be flawed. Because number six, with 122 out of 150, is 2010's I Saw the Devil. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this might be my least favorite of the whole batch. Uh, it, was, it was pretty, it was solid. You know, it wasn't so bad, but it was kind of uh, empty. Yeah, I, I really liked watching I Saw the Devil uh, this time, but I liked it a lot more when I was 20 years old as opposed to 30. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that movie's available. You can watch it if you want to watch I Saw the Devil. It's pretty twisted, but nothing compared to our number five movie, right. which scored 125 out of 150. 
uh, is Lynn Ramsey's 2017 film, You Were Never Really Here. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, stunning movie. Uh, maybe my second favorite of the whole batch. So it's great that it's at number five. Yeah, number yeah number five, really high up there out of eight. Uh, <laughs> good movie. Uh, Want to take number four? Yeah, so now at number four with 126 points is 2017's The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, I think this was kind of unanimously the one that we rewatched and we're like, this is better than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. And not only is it better, but it's extremely good. Right. I'm glad that we were kind of forced to watch it because I know a lot of people really do enjoy this movie and I was kind of always off to the side. But uh, yeah, I, I'm back full Yorgos. I think I might watch The Lobster again. Yeah, um, it made me want to watch more yogurt movies if I wasn't so doing... I almost said yogurt. Um, if I wasn't so busy, you know, watching all these Japanese noir films that I'm watching on the Criterion channel. It's a whole other show, though. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Japanese noir another time. Um, Killing Your Sacred Deer, very good showing here at the Revenge Ghosties. It won two awards uh, for Best Use of Metaphorical Weapons and the award for Most Gruesome Injury. So two... Two ghosties is nothing to look down upon. It's an extremely good showing. Right. I would I would love to look at two ghosties. Uh, go ahead. What's our number three? And this this one is uh, this one's interesting. At one hundred and thirty one points, twenty twenties, promising young woman. Yes. So this is interesting because one hundred and thirty one, especially based off of the the number one and number two movies we watched. It's a very, very good showing to say it's the third best revenge movie we watched based on our scale, but yet it goes home empty-handed at the Ghosties. But rest assured, we are rooting for it in reward season. I really hope that Emerald Fennel and Carrie Bolgan get their due. It's a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. This, as opposed to this Killing of a Sacred Deer, we warmed up on this movie as we were talking about it. Right, and I think, you know, I think it may have, uh, it may only be third, but it is so much more than a revenge movie, and that is something important to remember. Yeah, uh, totally, absolutely. It's, it has a bigger message, um, you know, maybe the most important film here, although I think You Were Never Really Here feels very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, <laughs> this is really interesting as well. Number two, having won the award for cutest police officer, is 135 out of 150, 1994's The Crow is our number two revenge movie we watched. How do we feel about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it hits the nail on the head in a lot of these categories. We were given it tens across the board almost yeah it started off getting the first 60 out of 60 points Mm -hmm. and it was looking like it was going to be a clean sweep and then it kind of fell off from there but a very good showing for the crow here um maybe kind of exposing our uh, rating system if possible right but uh surprisingly that has 135 and the winner has 136.5 out of 150 only 1.5 points higher it is 2016's the Handmaiden. Absolutely. Collecting its fourth ghosty of the night. And the final prize is, is the arrival of a train at Station Award for Best Picture. Congratulations to The Handmaiden. You have won four revenge ghosties. You have taken the night. Congratulations to Park Chan-wook. And one final time, let's hear from our guest on that episode, Kevin Cookman. Wow. You guys even had... The original Lumiere brother train that arrived at the station to guest on the podcast. That's crazy. And then it named an award after itself as well. The arrival of a train at station award for best picture. I can't believe The Handmaiden was the best movie you guys watched. There are better movies than The Handmaiden. I can, I can send you guys a list if you want. <laughs> 
I don't we it's a great film, it's a masterpiece, but wow, I can't believe I'm presenting the best. The best of the best. Uh for what was certainly the worst episode with me, Kevin Cookman, on your podcast. I greatly apologize that the Grand Slam winner of this whole thing uh was spent listening to me. But you know what? I'm glad that people have seen and get to see The Handmaiden, which is uh, a mind blowing film. And uh, you know, just as the train arrived at the station, uh that, that finger went right into her mouth. And uh I think that's the greater cinematic achievement at the end of the day. This is Kevin Cookman on his fourth phone call to this fucking podcast. This is I love you guys. I but I don't know if I really do. Oh, got a little emotional there at the end. <laughs> Classic Kevin. You know, so this is officially the most revenge movie ever made, Trevor? Yes, absolutely. So The Handmaiden now, based on our scale, is the most most revenge movie ever made. Right. Uh, and that's more than any other movies, even if it weren't a movie that we didn't talk about on the show. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the, this obviously is a scale built to find the most. Um, Adam, what do you think about in the future just leaving genres that we've done on the wheel? Like, what if, like, four or five series from now it lands on Revenge Again? Do we do Revenge Again? Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel like, you know, we we did pick the best eight movies out of Revenge already to watch. Yeah, it's true. I mean, these are the eight best of all time, so what's the point of really digging any deeper? Right. I think it, there might be something there. Maybe not exactly a, a revisit uh, in the sense of doing a whole season, but there might be something. It looks like we had four ghosties that went to The Handmaiden. We had two that went to The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And then Point Blank, Justin Moore, You Were Never Really Here, Blue Ruin, I Saw the Devil, and the crow all picked up one ghosty apiece. I didn't expect it to be this kind of drawn out across all these movies, but it really makes sense when you pull from a pool that is this good. And I feel bad about Promising Young Woman, but it does not need our ghosties. It has a lot of amazing awards coming its way this season. Right, and might you can even argue that it'll win some real awards. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, nothing. Okay, so moving away from the awards, I hope you all liked that. Uh, let's just wrap it up here um i want to say that uh, quentin uh quentin my buddy tarantino right problematic king quentin tarantino we should call him on this show he was on the empire podcast recently if anyone's interested in hearing edgar wright non-problematic king edgar wright and quentin talk for three hours and he was talking about revenge and why he's kind of fallen into a pit lately of making revenge movies and it was funny the way he said it and it kind of made sense to me and said the genre of revenge is so involving that it can be badly done. He, well, he meant poorly done, but it can be badly done, and the audience will still get wrapped up in the drama. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because we didn't watch any bad movies here, but if we did, it is really, really funny to me how manipulative this genre can be. Uh, and he's right. I've watched bad revenge movies. We've all watched bad revenge movies where somehow, some way at the end, it's almost a cheat to get that catharsis. Yeah, it's like animalistic. You know, It's really touching in. It's like watching a, a sex scene or something. Yeah, and on that same podcast, Quentin, uh, he says that seeing Joker alone at home is akin to getting an okay hand job. <laughs> what he means by that is that if you didn't see Joker in a theater, then you really didn't see Joker. You didn't go all the way with it. Yeah. So if you watched it at home, it was akin to that, which I thought was insane. But uh, yeah, I watched anyways. it in a theater, and I have the same feelings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hated it. It was it was less than what he described as seeing it in the theater. So, 
um, great, you know, um, it's bittersweet. We're leaving it. We're leaving our violent past behind us. Revenge is now done, Adam, and it is time, as everyone has been waiting for, to spin the wheel and find out what our next series is going to be. I'm very excited about this, Trevor. I hope it's something I'm, good. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. There's there's a hundred entries on this wheel, mm. and uh, we're either going to commit a month to one of these, or we're going to commit another two months like we did for Revenge. All right, Adam, before I spin this wheel, any final words? May God have mercy on our soul. And let it land on kaiju. Spinning. Ooh. I'm nervous. I'm sound. very, very nervous. Go to the horror. Go to horror. Go to horror. <laughs> space opera. Oh. <laughs> what is space opera? Yeah, baby, opera? that's sweet as hell. What is space opera? Oh boy, that is interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. Is that like like two thousand one a space odyssey, obviously? Right, I think so. But I think I think you could even classify like Star Wars movies in space opera. Oh, oh boy. That's opening up a whole can of worms. Uh I don't want to invite that fandom on here. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid we talk about something popular. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Space opera. How how are you feeling about that? How many? How, we did eight revenge movies. How many space opera movies do you want to do? Um, we should keep it a little bit shorter. I think we'll have R two, okay, in the episode. So maybe like four more outside of that. Okay. So we'll do six instead of eight. Let's do it. Mm. Six space opera movies coming right at you after all these drop. Oh, I love it. Ooh, from revenge to space opera. Oh, okay. Well, that'll do it for us. Um, I'm excited about this one. That that'll be interesting. I don't know a lot. I'm sure I've seen a lot of space operas, but I'm not familiar of it. With like, as in like breaking it down as a genre. But that's the point of the show, Adam. Yeah, I'm excited to see what categories we come up with for rating these bad boys. Absolutely, and people will have to tune into the intro to space opera to hear that. Right. All right. Um, any final words? I think that just about does it. Thank you so much to all the guests that have come on over the course of the season. And thank you to all the listeners who are giving us a chance and hopefully sticking with us until the next season. Yeah, I mean, this first season, we said it in the intro episode. It's it's a mess. It's going to be a mess, uh, you know, and um, I'm happy with it, though. We put a lot of work into it and we had a lot of awesome people come on the show, talked about a lot of awesome movies. Mm -hmm. Um, where can they rate and review us? Uh, please find us and rate us on iTunes, on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, this will be coming live to you on Spotify and on Google Podcasts, but uh, I don't think they let you rate us there, sadly. Yeah, and you got to give us five stars or a five whatevers, and you got to roast us in the review. We don't read nice reviews on the show. It has to be a mean review. Uh, and we'll read it right at the top of every show. That's right. And where can they find us, Trevor? Yeah, well, you can uh, you can find us at Ghost Party Picks on all social media. Also, my uh, personals that I can plug real quick on Twitter at Trevor Dills, on Instagram at Trevor Dills, and I have a letterbox at Captain Dills where I keep a ranking of all of the films that we've done so far. So right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to rank all those revenge movies in order of how we how we scored them. Uh, congratulations to The Handmaiden for taking home four. What are they called? Golden Golden Ghosties? <laughs> yeah, some GGs. No, 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 Silver Ghosties. Silver Ghosties. Oh, is the Best Picture not go Golden? Well, wait, no, well, every, every award is uh, a silver ghosty, uh, and then that's just the award for Best Picture. It won the, it won the, the, the Arrival of the Train of the Station Award for Best right. Picture. I forgot we were recycling to make these awards. 
Oh, man. And uh, Kevin, who brought on the Handmaiden, he's got to be proud holding up all four of those silver ghosties right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll post a picture with them. Yeah, like they do on the Grammy red carpet. Uh, okay, and Adam, where can we find you? Uh, find me at Projector Fuel on Instagram. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'll be posting the movies that I'm watching there. Awesome. Uh, thank you all for listening again. This has been Ghost Party Radio, and Adam, we have officially avenged us. Bye. Hello, this is Michaela Davis here to say that I am severely disappointed in everyone involved with this podcast, that Promising Young Woman did not win any awards, and I can't believe that The Crow won an award. Like, what is that about? It's just garbage. It just goes to show that the patriarchy needs to be taken down, and I will be seeking revenge for this. Mm, That's a 10.